Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, podcast fam. Today it is Wednesday, November the 20th. It is a great day to be alive. And today I have a super freaking unbelievable show with an incredible lady. Like, wow, I left the interview on such a high note. I'm still high. And I think you will too. Uh, But before we get into the meat, I want to remind all of you, Ottawa peeps, to get your last minute tickets to my new speaker series, F Talks. Okay, F Talks. For those of you that haven't heard of this yet, it's a local speaker series here in Ottawa and it's themed around topics that start with the letter F. (laughs) So November 30th is the date. Uh, It's at 6 p.m. That's when cocktail hour starts and then there's two hours with our panelists. I'm a panelist for this first round. I'm gonna be talking about fear and failure over the holidays into 2020. Steph K will be there. She's talking about food. And then my partner in this endeavor, Dr. Kelly Dell, will be the fitness expert. So get your tickets right now. Come and meet us. Uh, you can get your tickets through the link in my bio. We have an Eventbrite page. You can also go to f.talksyow.yow uh, to get your tickets there. And if you use the promo code, I have a promo code for all you listeners. The promo code is ftox5 you get five dollars off your ticket again the code is ftox5 and this is just a special offer to all of our family and friends and since you listen to the show i consider you to be my family oh so yeah come and see us on november 30th now let's get on with this episode shall we my guest today is a life and love coach she is teaching women all over the world to give less fucks and get more love. Do you see why I love her already? (laughs) Her name, ladies and gentlemen, is Amy Young, and she is becoming one of my favorite humans on the internet with her practical, no bullshit tips on being single and slaying it, which is also the name of her signature course. Uh, Did I mention she has over 10 million views on YouTube? Uh, Yeah, this gal is hilarious. She is super smart, very relatable, and I immediately felt connected to her, even though we've never met in person, uh, because she has paid attention in her life and practices awareness and self-love and is telling us how to do that. Like, what? We are so connected on so many ways. I think you're all going to love her too, so let's get started with today's show. Here's my guest, Amy Young. Hello, Amy. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. I'm super excited to have you. I mean, when you go to your Instagram, which is at Amy Young CO, um, it says in your in your bio right now, it says teaching women to give less fucks and to get more love. I when the first time I stumbled on your page and I read that, I was like, oh my god, we need to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, it worked. <laughs> yeah. 
So you are a life and love coach. What does that mean exactly? What is that? Yeah, so um, it's always a little a little tricky, I feel like, to kind of uh, like pigeon yourself right into like what it is that you do specifically. Mm-hmm. And people will sometimes introduce me, like friends will be like, oh, this is my friend Amy. She's a dating coach or, yeah. you know, or like, oh, she's a relationship coach. And I always, I don't like correct them in the, in the moment. I'm not like actually, but I always say <laughs> that what I really do is I'm a life coach and I work with single women. Okay. Um, and I frame it that way because, you know, the, the vast majority of my work, as much as it is relationship focused in terms of romantic relationship and, you know, pursuing aligned partnership. Um, the work that I really do is helping women really, uh, come into like healthy, happy, harmonious relationship with themselves. Because in my experience, you know, when we can do that successfully, we're much more likely to be able to build a healthy, happy, harmonious relationship with another person. And when I first started, um, the feedback I would get from women I was working with, you know, initially would be, and this continues to be true, be like, you know, I really like want to fall in love and I want to meet somebody, but my God, like I also just really want to feel okay with me, you know, or I just want to feel like whole all by myself. I just, you know, and I've never felt that. And, um, that was so much of my own history and how I participated in relationships was always kind of feeling like half empty or feeling like I needed this other person to complete me until I realized like, Oh shit, this doesn't work. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, how I roll in the work that I do. I love that because, okay. So very, uh, you and I have a lot in common to a certain level when it comes to dating here, we have a lot of the same sort of opinions and practices. And I find it really interesting how did you come up with that? Like, how did you become aware that that is, um, that is sort of what is in the best interest of a person? Because there are a lot of people out there that really do feel that a partner gives them power and gives, makes them feel complete. So where along your journey, did you figure it, figure this out? Oh my gosh. I think I just got really, really, really tired. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I remember, well, I was in, it was in my early twenties. I started working with a really amazing therapist who definitely like shone a light on a lot of this stuff for me. Yeah. Um, but it was one of the, you know, it's one of those things where like growth, personal growth is so weird and winding and spirally and that like, you can know something but you can't necessarily, it doesn't really like sink in or you can't really change it in that moment just because like a light bulb goes on. Right. So like, I would say like in my early twenties, I started kind of getting like hints and whiffs of like, geez, I'm always kind of like obsessed with meeting someone or I'm like, really like I fell into relationships really quickly. Like, and of all my girlfriends, I had kind of the most like interesting, colorful kind of dating history. (laughs) And And even like when I started kind of realizing like, you know, what's up with this or why am I always so obsessed with a guy or pursuing unavailable people or trying to like lock down a relationship, you know, it wasn't really until, um, I got out of a relationship. I remember with this really great, he was a really great guy. We weren't great for each other, but he was, he was like a really one, which was like kind of different for me a little bit at the time. And Um, And I remember walking away from, like, our breakup conversation, 
and just having this moment with myself, like I was writing, I lived in New York at the time and I was writing the subway back home to my apartment in Queens and something just like dropped in where it was like, oh my God, like you did it again. Like you got involved with this guy against your better judgment. And even when like the red flags were popping up that like things just weren't right between you two or that like he wasn't going to be able to show up for you in the way that you wanted or needed to. Like I just couldn't let it go and couldn't let it go and just wanted it to work because I was so afraid of being alone. Like I was so afraid of being alone. Mm -hmm. And I remember like getting to my apartment and like sitting on the foot of my bed and being like, you don't get to do this anymore. You know, like just having a moment with myself about like, okay, it's changing for real now. Like we knew it before we kind of were like, you know, wanting to make the change. And now it's like the writing is really on the wall and it's like, you don't get to do this anymore. So I was like, I have to figure out how to be okay being by myself. And I have to figure out what it's going to take for me to feel yeah whole on my own because I keep looking for these guys to fulfill me or make me feel secure or make me feel okay with myself. And that's not fair. Like that's not fair to them. That's not fair to me. That's not fair to anything we're trying to build together. And I don't want to do that anymore. So it was kind of like the penny dropped and I just like, it was like I had a good hard look at myself in the mirror and was like, you need to change. Yeah. Um, Or it's just going to keep being the same. You know, or it's this, the next guy, it's just going to be the same old story. Like I had to go through that cycle enough times to really realize like, oh, this is me, you know? I'm one of the most, one of the things I'm most fascinated about with, with people is that moment that they're, I don't know, I'm going to go all Oprah here, but like they're aha moments, you know, Mm -hmm. because they do look kind of different, but they're all sort of the same. It's like this big push. And I don't know about you, but like, when I had my first aha moment, it was like a look at yourself. I don't recognize you in the mirror moment where I was like, Elisa, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but then I kind of uh, forgot that mm-hmm. moment. I had a glimpse, like I was able to see and then it was kind of gone. Um, and it took mm-hmm. me a couple more glimpses to really start to put things together. And I kind of, what I what I really like about the work that you do and that you share is that um, you go beyond the inspirational quote. Okay. So inspirational quotes are great, but there's always like real life examples attached to it, which I think it helps people because like, for me, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It took me like five years to really get it or at least start to change my behavior. Cause I didn't know it was my behavior that I needed to change or that my thoughts I needed to, you know, evaluate those and pay attention. So some of your like real life examples are hilarious. <laughs> I'm like so curious <laughs> what you're talking like, <laughs> You're like, okay. So your YouTube channel, um, I went back like pretty far. I watched a lot of your YouTube oh, videos. Oh God. Okay. They're, well, like, thank amazing. you. They're so funny. Um, like the best first date of your life when he doesn't call you back. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you like give actual real life examples and what happens because honestly, okay. So when I'm going to get into like some of your content, some questions sure. about some of your content, cause it's, it's awesome. What, one of the big things that's been coming up a lot and it's kind of becoming a, a flash word is red flag. So what is a red flag? 
to you? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. A red flag. It's interesting because I think, yeah, I see this thrown around all the time too. And I think one of the reasons why it's such like a big deal right now, um, I think everyone is really, really afraid of repeating patterns <laughs> yeah. or wasting their time. Okay. Right. Like that's a big thing that I see with the women that I work with, whether, you know, it's one-on-one or in my group coaching program, single and slaying it. Um, everyone is, it's like once you, let's say you have an aha moment about yourself, right. Yeah. Or you realize like, Oh, there's a pattern here. Or I keep attracting the same type of person. Once you kind of turn on that awareness, you can't really like fully turn it off. Right. Like it's right. like you can ignore it, but once that awareness is on that, it's like, Oh, I am consistently drawn. Let's say that, like, use the example of like someone who, um, it doesn't follow through. That could be like an example, right? Like they say they're going to call, but they don't call or, um, they say like, Hey, we should get together on Friday, but then you don't hear from them. And then it's like a week and a half later. And you're like, well, what the hell's going on here? Right. So frustrating. So frustrating. The worst. Amazing. (laughs) Why don't you hang out with me? Um, And I think, you know, so red flags to me are highly personalized in that they are the things that you know from from past experience largely that simply will not work for you, whether you want it to work for you or not. Like Mm -hmm. this was one of the hardest things that I had to come to terms with at a certain point was realizing that like there was stuff I wanted to be chill about in dating or in relationships that like just because of how I'm wired and who I am, I was never going to be chill about. Like, it was just never going to be cool with me. You know, like I would never like that. Like, yeah. Inconsistency or inability to follow through. Yeah. Like just was never going to cut it. It was going to drive me crazy. So red flags to me or how I kind of teach it. It's like, it's really about taking note and taking stock and being really honest with yourself about like, what do you just know you can't tolerate? And instead of so much of what I think we try to do very often is, yeah, like be like, oh, well, I can work around that or I can be more flexible or I'm being really high maintenance or that doesn't need to be a problem or I should be more cool or I should be more chill. Instead, just kind of owning it and being like, that just doesn't work for me. That's just never going to work for me. And I need to stop trying to cram myself into this relationship box that doesn't fit me. Um it takes like a certain so those, level of like courage though to do that. I mean, like I dated the same guy over and over and over again and it took me mm-hmm. a while and I see like patterns in friends. I I don't impose my opinion on because I think everyone needs to they everyone's on their own journey. Sure. Um, but I see like the re- the repetition over and over and it's just like mm. <laughs> Isn't it and isn't it amazing it's like so easy to see it in other people? Like oh you're like God. obviously, oh and that like you're doing this again. Like it's so easy to yeah. see it. Yeah, other people with ourselves, we're like, what? Huh? Me? No. Like, we just, just the blinders go on sometimes. Yeah, like, the denial system yeah. is, like, a real thing. And I think, like, I, I, I've i heard people talk about, well, in hindsight, I, sh- I did kind of notice that. It's like, well, why don't you pay attention to that? You already, you know it's happening. Now, mm-hmm. it, you make decisions before, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. One of the biggest things is just, I mean, we we live in such a scarcity-based society that it's like, 
as soon as if you encounter someone that's even remotely interesting or attractive to you, a lot of the times it's like there they'll just be this feeling this and it's false, but it feels really real of like this is the like the only one, this is the last one, or it's like he he presents enough of the things that I'm looking for ah. that I can I can forego you know the the obvious problems you know or I'll or maybe it will change you know like because we're just afraid that like if I let this person go there won't be anybody else after um yeah yeah that that resonated with me a lot that yeah enough there's enough good things so what happens when we ignore red flags uh I don't know if you can hear me Uh, I lost you. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back. All good. Okay. Did you hear? Okay. Let's start with this question. Are you there? You can hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So what happens when we ignore red flags? What happens to us when we ignore that? I I think on so many, I think it's detrimental on so many different levels. The... I will also just say, I want to preface this by saying, you know, people, uh, people obviously have different ways of handling red flags. I typically view a red flag as like, okay, I'm clocking this and I'm not going to ignore it. Okay. You know, and, and maybe I want to, and maybe I want to just continue to get to me. Maybe I want to go out with you again. Maybe I want to spend a little bit more time here and just see or ask you about it or, you know, raise the topic and just see how it goes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, going back to like, so many people are so afraid of wasting their time and repeating patterns that like a lot of the times it's like, Oh my God, I spotted one red flag. Like I need to run away immediately. So it can kind of, so you have to also kind of be aware of what your tendencies are. Like if you tend to over tolerate things and you put up with a lot of shit, then you probably need to tighten up on those red flags. Right. And if you see it really like clock it, note it, bring it up, be real with yourself. Other people who or on the other end of the spectrum where it's like, you know, they're slicing and dicing and being like, oh, if I see one problem, then like kick you to the curb, you know? So, um, so, and and I'm always about the individual, you know, like what's going to help you grow and where do you need to grow? Because being on either end of those spectrums, isn't that helpful. But, um, in general, if there is an obvious problem and you ignore it, the first thing you're doing is telling yourself that you don't trust yourself. That's the first thing that you do, right? Because you saw the problem. And instead of honoring that instinct or that intuition or that gut, like, ooh, I don't like that, you went, well, it's fine. Mm. But, you, but you went against yourself in that moment, right? You knew it wasn't okay. And mm-hmm. betraying yourself is the most dangerous form of betrayal that we can do, you know, because in that moment, it's like, okay, I'm choosing to preserve this relationship but choosing this person over myself. Mm-hmm. And that always has a shelf life. And that's how we learn to, then it's like when people are like, well, I don't trust myself. It's like, well, no, duh, because you've gone against yourself so many times and so many times and so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can always rebuild that, but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that does end up happening a lot of the time is that you, the longer that you tolerate something that you know is not workable for you, it will largely just drive you crazy. <laughs> because you're just going, you know what I mean? Because you're yes. just going against what you know. Yes. And you're telling yourself, I can be okay with this thing that I fundamentally know I'm not okay with. Or this relationship can work in spite of the obvious problems. And that is like a crazy making proposition. Yeah. So you're going to be getting frustrated or you're going to be feeling unfulfilled 
or you're going to be trying to change this person or you're going to be trying to change yourself or maybe some combination of all of the above. And that's going to be exhausting and it's going to be stressful. And then if we do that for long enough, then we perpetuate this. I talk, I made a video about this uh, a little bit ago about, uh, you know, what they call like a sunk cost fallacy, which Mm -hmm. is like when you invest in a bad stock and you've put money in it and the stock is going down and going down and going down and going down, the smart thing to do would be to remove your money from the stock, right? It's like, look at the trend. Things are going down and down. But we don't do that because it's a sunk cost. It's like we've already invested so much time. We've already invested all that money. It's got to turn around. The stock is going to go back up. And we do this in relationships all the time where it's like, I've already spent this amount of time. I've already invested this much energy, you know? And, And all of my friends, like, have already told me that I should end things with this person and I don't want them to be right, you know? And I can't, I can't admit that I was wrong about stuff. So I'll just keep hoping, you know, that it's like the stock is going to turn. It's going to start trending in the other direction. And very rarely does that happen. But this stock has so much potential. (laughs) I know. It's like everyone predicted that this stock was just going to go through the roof. And it's like, I know. And it's not cookies crumble in tragic ways. It's like very hard. Okay, I do want to talk about potential because, like, I I have been in positions where I have partnered with, I don't know, I like the word toxic, toxic people mm-hmm. based on their potential or based on this fantasy I created in the first, I don't know, six months of our relationship. Because I am a, a future projector, I, or at least in, in previous years, I have projected myself so far into the future and had this, like, lavish life with this prince um and then uh, when the toxicity starts to present itself you know I I I stay in the future and I ignore it so like um one of the like how do we deal with that how do we detach ourselves from toxic people um or people that aren't good for us or you know um yeah or from the idea of like oh this could be different or this could change or this could get better. Um, you know, I think one of the, it's, I think it's a lot harder to do that. So kind of going back to what I was saying about, you know, working on the relationship that we have with ourselves. Um, I think one of the reasons why it's so hard to kind of extrapolate yourself or extricate, I should say yourself from a toxic situation or an unhealthy relationship dynamic, um, is because in many cases, whatever we're getting from that relationship or from that dynamic, even if it's just this relationship keeps me busy, like, it, yeah. like I was so such a chronic obsessor for so long. You know what I mean? Like I would just obsess about the relationship, about this person, about who they needed to be, about how we were going to be in the future. You know, um, that takes up a lot of time and energy and space. And it's a really, really great distraction from yourself and your life. Mm. So, Mm. and I think that's one of the things that we don't want to have to acknowledge when we're in those situations is that I'm getting something out of this, you know, even if it's painful or it's hard or it's uncomfortable, I'm continuing to participate in it. And we don't participate in things unless we're getting some kind of kickback or we're getting something, you know, there's some benefit to us, even if it's just, I don't have to deal with myself. Like that's a huge benefit. If I feel overwhelmed in my life, if I don't feel good about the direction my life is headed in, if I'm lonely, if I, 
um, you know, so many women I work with carry shame or have habits of like chronic self-criticism and feeling like they're not good enough. If I'm just fixated on this person and I'm fixated on the future that I'm trying to manufacture with this person, then I don't have to deal with me mm-hmm. as much. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I think good. it's really like having to look at and be honest about, okay, what am I getting out of this? Right. And whether it's just, well, this makes me feel a little bit more in control in a way, even though you can't control another person or relationship, I feel like I can. Right. Um, or this distracts me from the fact that I'm really like lonely and unhappy and maybe I don't like myself that much. Right. Um, but having to really be real with yourself about like, okay, this isn't happening to me and every relationship is a two way street and toxicity doesn't happen in a vacuum. Right. (laughs) So like, what is it about this that I am drawn to or that turns me on or that I can't seem to let go of. And like, what might I have to face and deal with if I were to let it go? And, um, yeah. So it takes a lot of self-reflection to heal some of your personal wounds in order to recognize that someone's wounding you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and it's uncomfortable. It's super uncomfortable. And it like, yeah. So, but it's it like, it's sometimes I find even like, so working through the last several years of being single myself and working through some of my demons, I do, I have been able to sort of, I have changed the person that I've been attracted to. Okay. Awesome. It has happened over the years. I mean, it started same, 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 same. And then all of a sudden it was kind of like, oh, you're different. You're new. This is different. Not quite what I want, but I'm going to, but you know, because of the ways I was healing myself and the time I was giving myself just like the compassion and the self-talk, it started to shift and therefore uh, who I was attracting or pulling in or manifesting or whatever you want to call it just started to be different. Or my eyes, I wouldn't see the bad boy who's going to ignore me as clearly or he wasn't so, you know. I stopped chasing, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on chasing? I, I'm curious to know. I'm, I am, like, anti-chase USA. Like, that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you stop chasing, everybody. And A lot of my female friends who are single are constantly looking. They're, like, on the prowl. And it's, yeah. like, and it's, it's not a bad thing. It just, it's a thing. Um mm. I'm not like criticizing anyone by saying that, but when you're like chase, 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 what does that mean? What yeah. chasing to me is like it's always an indicator that, um, like I said, like my my golden rule for dating is is don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Ah. It's just like you know, like don't if if you're feeling like empty, lonely, sad, dissatisfied, desperate, like don't hit the dating scene from that place, you know? And, and when people chase, and I say this as a recovering chaser, it's like, you're hungry, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's something that it's like that you can't be with, or there's some way that you don't know how to feed yourself that you're imagining or hoping that another person's going to be able to feed you in that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's, um, and it's like, and it's also just, it's, it's a symptom too of just this, like striving that we all have, which I mean, which I stems from a lot of different things, but we live in a culture, you know, so much that like 
really uh we value like yeah like hard work and earning things and like and no pain no gain and we kind of plant that um model of the world in a lot of different places you know where it's like definitely like in people's careers they'll do that or my god you're a competitive athlete so like I'm sure that that's (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah I get that (laughs) but we'll do that with relationships too where it's like oh it's gotta it's gotta be hard and I'm not a conscious level like it's gotta be hard or it's gotta be I mean look at the movies that we watch right is it ever just like oh this is like fun and easy and we get along and it's just comfortable it's like no it's always a shit show so we are sort of wired that way a little bit too to be like it's going to be hard and I'm going to have to work really hard and I need to work for your attention and I have to prove that I'm you know worth dating or whatever and I have to convince you that this is a good idea and all of that is just like chasing 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 it's really funny you bring up the movies uh I watched a movie like not that long ago and the couple at the end didn't stay together you'd think at the end they're and I was like oh well, that sucks. I was like, well, that's a <laughs> shitty ending. But then it's like, oh, well, wait a second. That's real life. <laughs> that's the thing. Is that like, I love, I mean, I love like a Nicholas Sparks movie, like The Notebook. And oh the my Choice. God. Yeah. And like, I love Safe Haven and another one of my favorite. Like, yeah. I love watching those movies. But there was a certain point in time where I had to remind myself like, oh, those are movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those are like, entertainment. Oh. Like, <laughs> They have to have these, like, crazy storylines and weird, intense, like, plot devices and drama and conflict or else we wouldn't be interested in watching the movie. But <laughs> in your life, that will, it'll, it'll just suck you dry if that's, you know, what you believe relationships have to be. Okay, so let's talk about that. Relationships, what they have to be. So if I'm a person, I'm, I'm seeing the red flags. I know I'm with a toxic person. Uh, the, uh, the, um, let's just refer to these are all the women out there, but I guess all of this can go both ways, right? To men and women. Okay. Uh, so since we're both women, let's just use us as examples. Um, you know, the men's not necessarily giving us enough attention or committing in the relationship how we want. How do we, where do we go from there? Mm -hmm. So the, one of my uh, first rules of thumb is always whatever it is you think you need from him, you have to learn to give to yourself. Ooh, that's good. So I would just start with that. Like, make a list of, and that's great. This is great. Even if, like, if you're in a relationship or you're married, I yeah. mean, this is just a beautiful practice for anyone in a relationship is to be like, what are all my complaints about this person? Like, what are all of the ways in which they're not giving me what I want and need? Mm-hmm. And be brutally honest with yourself and then consider, okay, how do I start giving myself these things? So whether it is attention, right? Like whether it is commitment, like I talk about this, we do a whole week on, you know, commitment and integrity and in my group program where it's like so many people are like, I wish someone would commit to me. And it's like, how committed are you to you? Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? I like, do. are you really even on the same team as yourself? Do you, do you follow through on what you say you're going to do? Like, you know, think about all of the commitments that we make to ourselves that we break all the time. All the that time. We're just like, Oh, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow morning. And then we just don't, or like next year I'm going to start writing the book and then we just don't. (laughs) And it's like, and then I want someone else to be able to come into my world and commit to me when I can't even show up that way. Yes. So, you know, that's a, that's a great practice for a couple of reasons. One, 
um, it's taking radical responsibility for your own fulfillment. And if you start to do that, a, a couple things can happen as a result. One, you might just start feeling better, right? And then you'll start, uh, you'll stop feeling so, yeah, like hungry or dissatisfied Mm -hmm. or uncomfortable in the relationship. And that alone can change the relationship dynamic. Like I always, I talk about this, that so many, I don't know how they do it, but it's like, there are men, they get like a little radar signal when you're like doing well in your life. Like, have you ever had this where it's like you end things with someone and it's like, okay, they're out of my life. I'm getting over this. I'm moving on. And then just when you're like, I think I'm in a really good place. Like I'm feeling like really good. You know, maybe you got like a fresh haircut or like uh-huh. a new pair of like cute booties that you're rocking. And like who texts, who calls? Oh my it's, God. It's, it is true. What is like that? <laughs> what is that? It's, I mean, it's so weird. And it's so it's like, and I always tell people, it's like, don't feed yourself and fill yourself up just so that someone else will be, someone else will like pay attention to you or something. It's like, oh, we'll come uh-huh. back around. Like do it just because your relationship with yourself is sacred and important and feeling good every day is like yes. how things should be. But a bonus side effect is that someone else can start and will start showing up differently to you um, if you're setting that tone for yourself. The other thing, though, that can also happen is that you start to feel so good that you begin to lose your attraction for that person. Mm, that's right. So, yeah, exactly what happened to me. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's like this is not a turn on yeah. for me anymore. Like I was so, so into you and now I'm like strangely not that into you anymore. Um, yeah, and, and then the, it's easier yeah. to let it go. I find when that happened, there was like a resistance to let that go, though. I was like. But I, but why am I not into you? And I like almost tried to like force things to happen to try to change or manipulate that person into like, and then I was like, wait a second, this is really not serving me. Do you know what I mean? Like I, 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 it's almost like I wanted to continue in the pattern cause I was afraid to break it. And then it was mm-hmm. breaking and I was like, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't good. How do I make it go back? <laughs> You know, there's those moments yeah. of like, oh, well, shit. And so much of that, I, you know, anytime that we choose a new way, yeah. you know, or we decide to move in the direction of the unknown, which might be like maybe choosing yourself. And like, you know, I remember the first time that I that I told like I straight up just told a guy like, I can't I can't do this. And I know that we're not right for each other. And it yeah. wasn't even like it was like a toxic dumpster fire relationship. But I was just like, you're great. I think I'm great. We're not great for each other. Yeah, I remember like feeling there was this part of me that was like, this is crazy because I ne- just because I'd never done it before. Like, I'd never seen the red flag and then just chose to end things at that moment in time. My my pattern was always like, no, like, let it play out, try and make it work, you know, like, you can change, he can change, like, you know, drill it into the ground until both of you are, like, completely exhausted and miserable and hate each other, and then end things, (laughs) like, you know, the idea of being, like, no, I'm gonna be the adult here, and I'm gonna cut this off at the pass, it's, like, do it, just doing that, or, or setting a boundary, you know, like, setting boundaries, when you get more comfortable with it, you realize like, oh, this feels so, so good, but in the beginning, the idea of taking care of yourself and releasing responsibility, Mm -hmm. of another person is like petrifying and weird and we're like I don't want to do that just because it's it's unknown it's totally new and our stupid lizard friggin brains always just want to stick to what's known 
let's just do what's what we've done before why would we change it's like it's worked we're still alive and it's like yeah but have you seen me lately like I'm not feeling so great so (laughs) it's so natural like it's really uncomfortable to break a pattern okay I'm really happy that you mentioned boundaries because that's like I have a lot of questions around boundaries I didn't realize I was creating boundaries over the last few years and like really um you mentioned um often to become crystal clear with what you want and uh at first, I didn't know what I wanted in a relationship. I didn't know. How, I didn't know. And I there was some shame attached to that because I felt dumb or I felt like I should know. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't know. And and I also thought to be crystal clear with what you want, there had to be like a list of like 50 things. Like, this is what I want. And I was kind of like, oh, well, I want to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Just like super uh, I'm like, uh, you know, I had no idea. Um, and then as that sort of started to develop, which I realized took me a long time, a lot, a lot of time to be become crystal clear. I'm sure some people can do it in one second. Uh, what didn't happen for me? I, I, I started to understand what a boundary was uh, because crossing a boundary was crossing into, like crossing over, you know, what I wanted or didn't want. So mm-hmm. like what... What is a bound? What is a boundary? Let's start with that. What is boundaries? What are boundaries? I have like a few workable definite, like different definitions that I really love. Okay. And we'll kind of play off. So I'll go let's through all of them. Just okay. I think it's helpful because yeah. different things will resonate with people differently. So, yes. um, Brene Brown's definition, I think is so simple and brilliant, which she says boundaries are simply knowing what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Okay. Period. Yeah. Like, and, and it's something that can change moment to moment, relationship to relationship. It's like being attuned to ourselves and to another person and being able to just own and communicate. This is what works for me or this isn't what works for me. Um, uh, Mark Manson, I think has a really fabulous definition for boundaries, which I think, especially for anyone who has experience in toxic relationships or codependency, um, this will resonate, you know, he says healthy boundaries are taking responsibility for your own actions and emotions while not taking responsibility for the actions and emotions of others. That's what healthy boundaries is. So it's being able to be in a situation and be like, I'm responsible for me and what I do and how I feel. You're responsible for you and what you do and how you feel. And I don't get those two things confused. So I'm not trying to take on who you are or, you know, if, if you're not okay, I'm not trying to fix yeah. that or making that my responsibility. And I'm not expecting you to do that for me. Right. It's like clear lines. Yes. Um, and then my definition for boundaries, which I think ties in beautifully with what you were just saying as I look at it as it's as simple as self-knowledge in action. So it's like, what do you know about yourself? What do you know about what you want? Uh, what do you that. know about what you need? And what does that look like in action? You know, so, um, I remember when I started, uh, I didn't, again, like you were saying, like, I didn't know that I was setting boundaries at the time, but yeah. like I was in a relationship where, um, because of when we lit where, when it's like interesting, when I lived in New York, I look back and I'm like, it's amazing that anyone can be in relationships in New York at all, because it's just such a weird environment. <laughs> it's like, it's so not normal, but, um, he lived very close to the restaurant where I worked at. So I would always go over to his place after my shift and just like crash there for the night. And I would like never be home ever, ever, ever. I was like living out of my purse. Like I had like, you know, everything <laughs> I had like a toothbrush and contact lens stuff and like four pairs of underwear, like just in case, you know? Yeah. And I remember, 
I felt so like scattered all the time and I was like tired and I was like, Oh my God, I haven't been home. And I started realizing like, Oh, I need to like be at home more. Like I need to have more routine. And this was around the time where I was sort of realizing like, I have to take better care of myself. Cause I keep like outsourcing that to you, sweet boyfriend. And like, that's not your job. Yeah. And so I started <laughs> having to like set, set these boundaries and doing like little quotes. Cause at the time it was just like telling my boyfriend, like, actually I'm, I'm going to go home tonight. Like I want to have a good workout in the morning you know, like I'll sleep better. Like, love you. See you when I see you. Um, because that was what I knew I needed at that point in time. Right. And that, uh, that was setting a boundary, but I didn't look at it that way. I was just right. like, but I also remember doing that and feeling like, Oh, am I going to upset him? Is he going to be confused? Is he going to think that like, I don't want to spend time with him. And it was, wasn't any of those things. It was just like, I have to take care of me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we can kind of like set boundaries covertly just by prioritizing ourselves. And I guess like when we communicate our boundaries, there can be sometimes some like fear around that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I recently have started a new relationship, which is really exciting. And we, in my opinion, have shared sort of um, some spoken and unspoken boundaries. I like, I'll put it that way. So we've like talked about things that we want to do and then we've kind of seen things you know, like, um, through our actions about how we want to live our lives. And I think for me, it's, it's sort of easy because I'm with someone who can hold space for that. But like, what if there, there's a fear there to tell someone, why is that? What, like, what is that? <laughs> what the hell is well, that? Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I always tell my clients, like, you don't get to set boundaries and feel comfortable at the same time. Okay. <laughs> like, it just doesn't work. Okay. In the beginning, at least, especially in the beginning, or if, or if you have a history of like fuzzy, sloppy boundaries, that, that'll definitely be the case. But it's largely because, um, when we don't have strong, healthy boundaries with ourselves, there's a reason for it. And it's largely mm -hmm. because we've learned or had to, um, we've had to function in a way where we were taking responsibility for other people, right. Mm -hmm. Or where we felt like, um, my behavior can impact you in a way that threatens the relationship, right? So if I, if I do something that's me taking care of me and then that hurts your feelings or you feel neglected or, and you let me know that, right. And yeah. you tell me even like, um, no, actually that's not okay with me. Then I, you know, if I'm carrying around any kind of like shame, then I'm like, oh my God, this is like all my fault. I shouldn't yes. take care of myself. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like I sh clearly the new rule needs to be that like I have to sacrifice myself in order for this relationship to to stay safe or be okay, and I'm going to prioritize you and your feelings and the relationship over myself. So a lot of why it's hard to set boundaries in the beginning is because we're having to retrain ourselves that actually setting boundaries can be safe, and that with the right person and in and done in the right way. Um, healthy boundaries actually would create more closeness and connection. Yes. You know, like there's, I, I've seen this quote, I don't know who said it, but it's like, you know, the only people who will ever have a problem with you setting boundaries are those who benefit from you having none. <laughs> like, it's like, it's actually those are amazing. Really the only people who are ever going to be pissed at you for taking care of yourself are, yeah. who are people who are like, hi, I need you to take care of me actually. Yeah. Um, or so having to yeah. like, well, go ahead. I was going to say, or like, hi, what's in it for me? Like that yeah. coming in, what's in it for me in this relationship? It's very interesting. 1,000%, yeah. <clears throat> but like, have, okay, so I think one of your, 
I don't know if it was YouTube or IGTV, you talk about having boundaries versus being understanding. Oh. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> okay. Um, I, or well, the, I, that's, the, that's the note that I wrote down because I found it really interesting because, <clears throat> because when you set a boundary and someone doesn't respect that boundary and they start to manipulate you mm-hmm. into crossing it, which happens, which has happened to me probably 500 billion times mm. in relationships. It, it, it's like, how do we, <clears throat> like, what, what, what's going on there? When, when I have a boundary, um, the difference between having a boundary and being able to hold space for someone else's opinion, I guess, is what I'm asking. Mm. Or holding space for someone else's uh, manipulation, because yeah I don't know I would love to know like when what I was talking about because <laughs> I'm like what could I have meant by that you know I think um I boundaries can very much be a moving target in okay. the sense that like yeah like relationship to relationship or person to person it could look different day to day it could look different right like maybe what worked for me yesterday isn't what works for me today in the context of this relationship yeah and I think it's always I do think it's important that we have an understanding that you know just because I'm not taking responsibility for your response to me setting a boundary yeah like I'm not going to take responsibility for that but I might still have to deal with the consequences of it, right? Yeah, and yeah. having to make a decision about, okay, how do I proceed if this is how you're choosing to respond? So it's like if I set a boundary with someone and, they, uh, and they're showing me that they can't honor that, mm-hmm. I can see that and recognize that and understand like, oh, that also doesn't work for me actually. Like I need you to be able to honor a boundary when I set it. Um, maybe I'm trying to think of like what I was talking about. I think it had to do with like saying no to somebody who like how to say no to somebody, um, who keeps treating you like shit or. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think that's the thing is having to recognize and look at and, um, and really be honest about like that you, you can be understanding that it's like, oh, this person is not capable of showing up for me in the way that I need them. Right. To show up or they're not capable of honoring this boundary and therefore like what do I have to do about that right like right. you can I say this all the time I feel like I keep quoting myself like, I'm like, yeah do it yeah quote yourself quotes. <laughs> but um like you can you can be honest but also kind you can set a boundary and also be understanding meaning that it's like oh if you can't meet me here that's okay that just means that our relationship is going to change or our relationship isn't going to continue in the way that it's continued before you know, mm-hmm. and, and not immediately go into this space of wanting to make the other person wrong or feel justified in doing what you need to do. Like, it's just about being like, okay, so this is a mismatch. Yeah. This is a mismatch, obviously, because the way that I operate and the way that you operate were different. In the context of uh, setting your own boundaries, <clears throat> excuse me, and honoring other people's boundaries, um, I love, you said something in a video, I loved it so much, I wrote it down, it was like, how dare you take care of yourself when I'm not taking care of myself? And I was like, right? holy shit, it's I like get so mad, why, yes, what is that? Yeah. So do you see that often in the single community? Or in, I don't know, in relationships, I guess. Yeah, I think any time that we lose focus, um, Ooh, yes, 
Yes. Any- <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm, I love what you're about to say. <laughs> like anytime that we lose focus on ourselves, like anytime that we begin to subcontract our needs out to another individual, mm-hmm. it's just a breeding ground for resentment, right? Like if I get confused in a relationship and I think it's your job to make me happy, which is a mm-hmm. major point of confusion for most people in relationships. Like most of how what we're taught about relationships is like, yeah, this is the person you find them. And it's happily ever after. And you just make each other happy. Happiness <laughs> is nobody else's friggin' job. Yeah. But if I get confused about that and I start um, ignoring my own needs or prioritizing the relationship or you over myself or uh, feeling or yeah, like if I like people talk about like, oh, they let themselves go in a relationship, right? Like if I begin to let myself go and I stop taking care of myself and then I see you over there and you're like doing your thing and having a good time and taking care of yourself, I will start to feel not unconsciously, but unconsciously it's like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be like, you're supposed to be my little, my little happiness source or yeah. you're the person that makes me feel good about myself and you're not doing that for me right now. So that's not okay. Mm-hmm. When really it's like, Oh no, I, I got confused for a second. I thought that it was my partner's job to fulfill me and make me feel whole and okay. Um, not that a relationship can't contribute to our satisfaction and fulfillment and happiness, obviously. I mean, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be in relationships if that wasn't the case. Yes. Um, but it's like, but we, and especially because I work with so many people who are codependent or covering codependence, it's, you know, most codependency is rooted in I take care of you and you take care of me. Mm-hmm. And that's the silent agreement that we have. And it can't, it doesn't work. And we need to talk about codependency. I actually <laughs> never really heard that term until, I don't know, in the last six months. Like, oh my God. Welcome to the wonderful world of codependency. <laughs> Just- <laughs> Thank you for the warm welcome. Okay, yeah. I was like, codependency, what the hell is that? And what's the opposite of codependency? Well, let's talk about what it is and then what's the opposite. Yeah. So, um, well, codependency was initially, the term was, I believe, initially coined in the 1980s by uh, Melody Beattie, who's okay. like the godmother of codependency. She wrote like Codependent No More, which you should absolutely read if you're even like curious okay. about writing it down. At all. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like necessary reading for all humans, but yep. especially if you have any codependent tendencies, it'll just, you'll like everyone I send that book to, they're reading it and they're like, this woman is in my brain. <laughs> She's I, in my friggin' brain. I totally, I do have tendencies because I grew up with like the man roles and the female roles and yeah. the wife doesn't work and the man brings all the money in and the wife mm. takes care of the kids and the, and like the classic white picket fence house relationship, go to school, get married, get the dog whatever have kids and then I didn't do one of those things really well I did but it was really sloppy and (laughs) it was very sloppy um but yeah so I feel like I have that need to like do yeah I am drawn to that even though my instinct is now sort of like back like I don't know it's weird and interesting yeah 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 so um and so the term codependent was actually used to describe the behaviors of people who were in relationship with or, or close to um, addicts and alcoholics. So it was born out of kind of like the 12 step and AA kind of world. Um, Cause she was noticing that all of, and Melody Beattie herself was um, 
she I think identifies as an addict and alcoholic, but she also she was married to an alcoholic and she and was working with people who were like family members of alcoholics and saw all of these repeated patterns and qualities that all these people had of being of of like oh. caretaking, trying to control, um, yeah, like zero boundaries, um, inability to like identify with their own feelings or needs, like. Uh, yeah, what does that feeling, mean? What does that what's mean? What's what? What does that mean to not be able to identify with my needs or feelings? Well, it can come from, I think, a handful of different things. But I think one of the biggest, if you are someone who struggles with clarifying what you need, it's probably because you're used to trying to take care of other people. Yeah, okay. You know, or you've, or at some point in time, probably like in your, you know, family of origin or your family system, you were sent a message directly or indirectly that your needs uh, were not important. Or that um, mm. other people's needs needed to be prioritized over yours. Yeah. So, like, if I'm a little person in the world, I understand how the world works, and the people who are around me who are teaching me about how the world works are showing me and telling me that, like, look, you uh, having needs is really inconvenient or really difficult, or you having feelings is really inconvenient or difficult, or we don't have time or space for that, or we have to, you know, deal with this other stuff, like an alcoholic parent. Or, or even just like, you know, stressful circumstances, then we'll start to internalize it and be like, oh, my needs don't matter. My needs are an inconvenience. My needs are a problem. So my job is to show up and take care of other people. Um, I love that. I love yeah. That. Yeah. It's like a rule. So, it's like we play a role in in this system of code. 100%. Of <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we just, and then that's how I think relationships work, right? Mm-hmm. It's like relationships work if I don't take care of myself. That's what's required for a relationship to quote unquote work a Mm. certain type of relationship perhaps, but maybe not the kind of relationship you actually want to be in. But yeah, codependency is largely rooted in, um, self neglect and feeling responsible for other people. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Right. So, um, and, and, and yeah, the reason why I say it's like that book is good reading for all humans is because we're, we're really fed, um, a lot of like codependent messaging about relationships, right? Like the idea yes. of like, oh, we make each other happy. Yes. Or you complete me. Like that's yes. a codependent dynamic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think you said somewhere that love equals help. I thought I found that really yes. interesting. I found that totally. very interesting. Like getting con- codependents get confused and think that love is helping someone. That yes. it's like, if I love you, I'll save you. Yes. And if, and if you love me, you'll save me. Right. (laughs) But if you, I kind of like, I like the idea of like, love is, I will give you space to figure it out. (laughs) You can, you can handle it. (laughs) You can handle it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Yeah. Like empowering someone, right? Like being like, oh, I I don't have to take care of you. I believe that you can figure it out. I believe it. And I'm here to support you in it, but I'm, I'm going to be okay. Even if you're not okay, that's the space I'm going to hold. Yeah. That is so interesting. So, um, what are some of the signs? Okay, we talk. You talk about this in I don't know where I found this, but like signs and symptoms of being a codependent. Because I, I I feel like there's some listeners out there that'd be like, oh maybe I am, but some out there that'd be like, I'm not a codependent. But then they like <laughs> help <laughs> save me. <laughs> I feel like it's always the people, and I notice this in myself too. Like the things that I'm like, I'm not like that. Are yeah. totally. It's like that's exactly who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So telltale signs are like well we talked about this a little bit, like, uh, dating potential, dating Ah. potential, like, 
or or showing up consistently as like the the fixer in the relationship or the helper in the relationship like do you tend to be uh find yourself drawn to people or relationships where it's like oh uh he's struggling with this but like I can help him with that yeah right where it's like it's there's already from the get-go this sense of like things are a little bit uneven right they call it it's like a one-up one-down dynamic where like I'm one up and you're one down so like Mm. I'm up here and I need to help you because you're down there and isn't that what love is um that's like one of the really big ones I mean classically like anyone who finds themselves drawn to um people who have patterns of addiction like anyone who's and and that's a lot of people will be like I don't know what it is like can't help it but it's like every guy that I date that I meet he like has a drinking problem or he's like using drugs and those are the people Mm. that I find myself most drawn to it's like you're probably codependent Mm. um also though just like if you (laughs) anyone who has um patterns of control Mm. like trying to maintain control that are often disguised as well I'm just trying to help them Or I just have a lot of good ideas about how this person should live their life. Like, uh, I just know better. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's codependency, right? It's like anything that looks like I'm trying to take care of you, take responsibility for you, make you better. Um, and, and all of it really is rooted in this, like, avoidance of self and not really being able to deal with. Like, how do I take care of me? Not knowing how to take care of me. Like, it, it took, it's, it's, it's still taking me time to unwind my own patterns and really look at, like, okay, what is taking care of Amy at this point in her life? Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Right? And, um, and for the longest time, I had, like, zero clue. Like, I was like, I don't even, yeah, like, do I have needs? I don't even know. <laughs> I'm totally the same. I oftentimes, like, have to, like stop and take pause for a second and be like, okay, how can I love myself better? Like, how yeah. can I do this better? Cause there has to be a better way out there. Yeah. And maybe I don't know what it is and maybe I don't, won't find it out in T minus 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it takes time definitely to figure all that stuff. Okay. So just one last question on codependency, because like there is sort of like a, um, it's, it seems like a negative thing. It seems mm-hmm. kind of like, um, if, if people are identifying now as a codependent listening, they're like, oh, shit, I'm bad. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> is it bad? Like, what What do we do with that information? Yeah, well, I always, I like to be really irreverent. I always, like, I'm like, you know, I'm always talking on Instagram. I'm like, where are my codependent cuties, you know? Like, yeah. let's all just yeah. not, let's not pathologize this and make this super weird where it's like, oh, no, now I have the scarlet letter C that I have to walk around with all the time. And it's like, I'm a codependent. Um, is it bad? I mean, I don't know that I would go to saying, is it bad? I would say, is it, um, is operating out of codependency going to help you sustain healthy, loving partnership? Probably not. Probably not. Um, but I also believe like most people have some dosage of, of codependency in them. So like, you're definitely not alone if you have those tendencies and everything is workable, figure outable, changeable. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even if you do start seeing these patterns in yourself or you, you know, read the Melody Beattie book and you're like, Oh shit, she's describing me. It's not like, it's like, Oh no, this is now like a terminal illness that I have to walk around with. It's like, Oh no, now I get to be more enlightened to my patterns and I get to notice like 
it was so uncomfortable for me when I had to stop trying to control people, you know, because like for the longest time, I, I remember that same therapist I was talking about in my early twenties. It was, I was talking about it was something at work, even like it was, um, at my job at the time I was like, well, I was just trying to help. And she was like, well, you're trying to help or you're trying to control. And I was like, damn it. Like, <laughs> you got me. Like, and I was damn like, it. shit, I do this all the time. I walk around just trying to control things and people that are not, they're not my business. Like yeah. what they're doing, how they're living, not my freaking business. Yeah. Um, I've heard people and, say that and they're like, but I have to do that. I, I have to because they can't do it or whatever. Yeah. Like I have to because it wouldn't work without me doing it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Interesting. Oh, and we Interesting. get so much like meaning from that, right? Like, oh, it's yeah. like I'm so important. I'm so and I important. Feel so significant because yeah. like I'm the only person here who like knows how things should go and can make it happen, right? Yep. But it's like, you know, what we're really doing in those cases when it's like we're trying to control or we feel like we have to help this person is we're, we're really, what's really going on there is that we're creating a relationship where we feel needed. If I believe like this person can't function or won't make it without me, this person needs me yeah. to take care of them or help them or serve them or support them in some way, like they need that for me or they're going to be so, so screwed. I, what I'm doing there is I'm saying I, uh, it feels better to me to be needed than to simply be loved. Right. Cause those are not the same things. And very, very often we will create a relationship, uh, where we are needed when we don't feel that we are worthy of being loved. And that That's- is like, a really uncomfortable pill to swallow, right? Because then it's like, oh, shit, do I not think that I'm just worthy enough of just existing without, like, being needed by someone, you know, where someone could just, like... (laughs) That's a big statement right there. Am I worthy enough to just exist without someone needing me? Yeah, that's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, and to just... And to be loved and to love another person, and that's simply enough, right? Um. Wow. Okay. So with, (laughs) with single, okay. (laughs) With sing, all the single people listening right now, single people, all the single people calling, calling all the single people. What, if you could leave them with one piece of advice, Mm -hmm. um, on life, on being single, Mm -hmm. what would it be? Oh my God! One, just one, one, just one. You go. You can only pick. One. <laughs> no, no. You can pick more than one if if that's if that's, yeah. Um. Oh my God! So many things in my brain. So many things. Well, because, yeah. Dating is complicated, <laughs> and being single is complicated. But really, it's is it? <laughs> yeah, I think you know I. The number one thing, and I think this is in light of everything that we've kind of been talking about, um, is just the, really, like, the importance in choosing yourself, Mm. and choosing yourself, and choosing yourself, and choosing yourself, and choosing yourself, (laughs) and choosing yourself. And sometimes, choosing yourself, when it's right, will also mean choosing another person, right? Right. Um, Yeah, like, sometimes... uh, choosing myself means inviting this wonderful person into my life because it's such an obvious benefit when, you know, when we're together or when we get to be a part of each other's lives that like choosing this other person and choosing myself is the same thing. 
Right. Um, but so often we do things the other way where it's like, I'll choose someone else over myself. Right. Yes. Um, or I'll choose a relationship over myself or over my knowing or over my self-respect or my dignity or, you know, any of those things. So, um, and choosing, and if you don't know how to choose yourself right now, I would, I think a great place to begin is to just ask yourself like, okay, each day, these are like some great questions to ask yourself. Like, what would I do today if I really loved myself? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what would I do if I felt a hundred percent worthy? How would I show up? Right? Like, how would I show up in my dating life? How would I show up at work? How would I show up at the gym? If I really love myself today, what would I do? And just see what comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you'll get feedback and good answers. And I think that's just a wonderful place to begin to start prioritizing yourself and then creating the conditions where you can align with more suitable partners and be more drawn to healthy relationships because you're operating from this place of, you know, feeling really, really good and, and satisfied on your own. I love that. Okay, so I think I could literally ask you. We should do like 12 this more episodes so together. <laughs> this 12 was fun. more. Thank you so much. Um, so, where can people find you? So, you have a signature course. You mentioned it. Um, I did. It's Single and Slaying It. Is that what it's called? Or is it called mm-hmm. The Sacred Six? Or is there two? Yeah, no, uh, no. So, Single and Slaying It is, yeah, my signature group program okay. for single women. But we're actually transitioning it to like a digital course model in the new oh. year so that um, we can serve more women at a given time because it always sells out and I want to be able to offer it to more people. Love it. Um, and then, and yeah, and I have some other workshops and things and yeah, like my Swipe Like a Boss workshop is something I'm going to be um, relaunching. This is my online dating workshop that uh, I'll be offering at the end of November if anyone wants to opt into that. and Swipe um, Like a Boss? That is amazing. <laughs> Oh it's my. the most, it's like my favorite thing. Really? Like we didn't even talk about online dating. <gasps> I have strong feelings about online dating. I have it written down here and I didn't ask you, damn it. Oh, well, next time. We didn't get to it. That's for, that's for next episode. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so my website is com. Um, you can always, yeah, if you just like look me up on YouTube, Amy Young, you'll see lots of my face yeah. talking and Instagram, like you said, at Amy Young Co. I'm very active over there. And I'd, yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody. So thanks for listening. Yeah. So for everybody, I'll put all that information in the show notes for you to click and keep following this amazing human being who is spreading such good vibes. Thank you Aww. so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. All right. Have a good one. You too. Well, that's all for today, folks. I want to give a huge shout out to the amazing Amy Young. Check out her Q and Amy sessions online. Follow her on IG. Start binge watching her on YouTube like I did. Take her signature course, Single and Slaying It. Wow. Thanks again, Amy, for being on the show. If you haven't done so yet, please get your tickets for F Talks this November 30th. Early bird pricing is still on. Plus, you get the $5 off with the coupon F Talks 5. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time. Thank you.